Good evening, fans no, 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 and no, no, non-fans no. alike. Stream first. Set all the streaming stuff up. I did. <laughs> last week, no, I, last week you like got halfway into the intro and then started the streaming stuff. No, the stream's going. All right, start over then. No, forget it. No, it's the show. Let's go. 177. Wait, where, where are we? You said 177. That's what you have on Twitter, yeah. so it better be. It's, it's, it's 177. It's 177. Don't worry about these jerks I'm talking with, because they're all jerks anyways. Jerks. Again, haven't you? Actually, just coffee. No, I haven't been drinking. Okay. Alright. I'm not signing over. With me, as always, John Condon. <laughs> hello, hello. <laughs> and my good friend Thomas Rideout. Ahoy, hoy. Oi, oi. We're making sure we keep the, the title going, right? The ugliness. The ugly. Keep it ugly, man. We just, uh, you know, we've been having too good of a time recording. You know, it's so funny because recording this show, I, I, I have my ups and downs, like... It feels like such a grind, but then we, we hit a few weeks where it's like, God damn, those were some good conversations, man. I, I actually am, I actually enjoy this. That, that once in a blue moon. Blue moon. And then we have episodes like this one. Without a, what is it? A why, why, are we, why are we singing? We should stop that. Mm-hmm. We should stop that right Retweet. away. I've already started singing. So let me uh, put that in my tweet. I've already started singing. <laughs> I already started singing. Are you trying to tell people not to tune in? I think that's what you're doing. <laughs> Eric, you start us off this week. How was your week? Oh, jeez. Okay. Uh, pretty good. I uh, can't complain. I've been doing some coding, refactoring, as a matter of fact, which I really enjoy doing. Not not simple refactoring either. Some, some like big refactoring. So with, um, so with your refactoring, so yeah. do you have unit tests around the, the code you're refactoring to make make it easier? No, um, mainly because the first time we implemented it, we um, you know we we're making calls to third party uh, services. So that's actually part of my refactor is to start mocking those responses so that do we if we have the need to do more coding in the future we have some tests to uh to actually run against so that's actually part of my whole refactor is to add tests to it did you know that you can do mocks in uh in postman yeah postman has a whole api mocking service well they have a whole test suite too don't they yeah yeah i just started using that this week yeah you know that's a good point but the the problem with doing the mocking in Postman, well, first thing, one of the things we have to do is each service ha- has our own very special snowflake sort of response. So we're we're having to actually go through and figure out what those responses are again um, before we can start mocking them. But uh, if we if you mock in Postman. That doesn't do the next developer who comes along and pulls down the repo any, any good, does it? You can share your your Postman uh, collections 
Yeah, and you can export the collection to a file that you could include in your Git repo. But then, the, then they need to know. Then they need to be aware that they they have to deal with two tools. Then, right? Yeah. As opposed, I to... guess the question the the question is, what's the benefit of having Postman mock it? Uh, you can, with the exception of you, you could actually, I guess, test it outside your code base. But you, you can also have it automatically test things in production if you want. You could have it test uh, constantly testing your staging or your your test servers. I think, but I, I think what you're saying is you're putting the mocks into something like PHP Unit to make part of the CI flow, right? Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've been doing. Well, it. I. Good. I use a I use a corporate account for Postman, so all my stuff gets immediately shared mm-hmm. to all the other. Yeah, we we have that as well. It. It's not cheap either. Postman is one of the more expensive services. I think we actually pay for it. Well, now I'm starting to understand why. <laughs> well, we don't even use half of the features of it. We use it mostly as a, uh, just as a, an API tool not so much all the services behind mm-hmm. postman which we really should take more advantage of right which is how i've always used it but it's got like a whole comment section and it's got example code that you can add you can do pre-request pre-request scripts to fetch updated data and you can i mean it's like it's got a ton ton of features so i i use the the pre and the post scripts and the test the testing piece um, occasionally, not as much as I'd like to. I do the, like the, on the post execution, like storing the bearer token if I'm doing OAuth. Mm-hmm. Although Postman has a whole OAuth implementation already built into it. But it's always a pain in the butt for some reason mm-hmm. to work. Yeah, and you can, you can export collections as API documentation. So if you have your, whole API built out through Postman, you can just document it within there and yeah. do exports and they actually file. Yeah, they actually uh, send it to Markdown, don't they? Uh-huh. I, I did it when they first announced it, and it was really cool. I just never, I haven't used it enough. It was more like, oh, this is new and shiny, and I, it looks really nice, but to actually make it part of your workflow, if you don't do it right away, it just doesn't stick. Just like anything else, you got to continuously use it yeah yeah speaking of sticking i mean i actually just started trying out a new project management tool i'm 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 in the hunt of some sort of better solution to to manage tasks for our developers because nothing feels right and and everything everything i've used up to this day i i just think things just seem to get lost and you know, one of the, I had come to the conclusion some time ago that one of my challenges was I, I, I'm dealing with too many projects, too many developers, and I needed some sort of workflow, some sort of automation to bring my attention to certain actions. And so I had a, I had actually finally broke down and paid for Zapier and started trying to create workflows that would do that for me, that would like start to add things to my to-do list you know, when certain actions were taken within streams. But even Zapier, as good of a service as it is, 
it had like pretty limited sort of uh, inner interfaces to the PM systems we're using. So I actually started another just yesterday, I think it was, or today. Maybe it was today. Yeah, I think it was, was, uh, it was started, yesterday. It was yesterday. Just started using another PM system that actually has that Zapier sort of mentality kind of baked into it. And um, I'm hoping I'm hoping it works. I just and it integrates with Zapier in the case that and it integrates with Zapier. Yeah, that's guess that something's missing. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, you know, it has a bunch of it has a bunch of services that it interacts with, and then it has these actions that will kick off. You know, based it's very Zapier-ish. I was just checking to see if they had any if, sort if of referral program, but they don't. So screw them. Any what program? A referral program, so we can say, "Hey, we're using this. Use our <laughs> referral code." Nope. Yeah, so so we won't mention who they are, but uh, but it's 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 interesting. I I don't know. It's just so much project management is a pain in the ass. I, I swear. Just, it's not really. It's it's just trying to. It's just keeping track of what everybody's doing mm-hmm. and trying to coordinate. It's like herding cats. Yeah, I th- which I, my dog has gotten very good at herding cat, herding your cats. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, they tend to do that, don't they? Yeah. I've been doing a lot of unit testing this past week, which has felt really good. Speaking of which, we're cool. It's just like fresh or or adding to unit test. Uh, fresh working on new code, unit testing it. Uh, learning more about unit testing like i've always known like a, i'm a, a hacker like i can make unit tests work uh i hit mm. i can hit the edge cases pretty well but learning how to write good unit tests is different and been working on that mm. getting some uh mentorship from tim lytle who's uh he's like you know you should do this because then it makes sure that you've called these things before you call those especially in your your mocks mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. like, but my unit test passes. I'm hitting all the edge cases. Leave me alone. No, do it right. And then he cracks the whip, <laughs> and next thing you know, I make him changes. Must are be you nice. Still doing? Are you still doing TDD or? Uh, I'm trying to. I, I try to. Sometimes, yeah. sometimes it's with what I've been working on. It's kind of refactoring to a point where I'm taking old code that was really hard to test and we're mm-hmm. m- moving it over and we are we had a a framework of here's how we're going to do things so i could really move the majority of that code into a new class and then i could mm-hmm. test everything else around it so some of it i did tdd some of it i had a, a test controller that i could just hit and say yep it works now i'll go add the test because i'm lazy <laughs> You know, yeah, that's me. I, I still can't get my head on TDD. I, I'm always a, after after the fact, sort of. Then then I write my test. I when I do it, I love it. It's again same thing. Practice what you preach. Stick to it. You know, make it a habit, and it's just not a good enough habit for me. Yeah. yeah. What about you, Thomas? What have you been up to? Uh, well, I've been tinkering a lot with. Uh with postman and seeing, you know, how much I can actually milk out of it. Cause I have it and haven't been playing with it at all. 
Um, mm-hmm. You know, and I'm working on an API project, so it doesn't, you know, it makes sense to be spending time doing that. And yeah. I also, I did a pretty massive, uh, annoying refactor. We we got into a position with the project where one of the models was poorly named and almost directly conflicted with another model that we were starting to, to develop for. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, basically the term scene should have been the term asset. Mm-hmm. And I had to go into the system and use um, PHP Storm's refactor uh, tool to rename every instance where I called the object, uh, the, the, the model, the resource, the views, uh, every variable, <laughs> every route. And that was a rough one. It's beautiful when it works. Well, that was the thing, is that having done it through PHP Storm for the most part, it was so fast. Yeah. I mean, it really did just find all the usage locations it could find and sweep through it. Um, and I wish it were a friendlier keybind for mass reassignment. Uh, it's Shift F6. Yeah. Which is just like, yeah, you're not going to remember that. I when use this project's over and I, it happens again. I use it all the time. All the really? Time. I do it. I do it just for the variable in the scope I'm in, just to rename a variable. It, it's the same thing for renaming variables, renaming classes, files. So it's. Shift F- F6 on the Mac as well? Yep. yep. Well, what I don't if... think I've learned any of the PHP Storm key bindings. I don't know why. I just, I've never taken the, the time to, to learn them. I, I, <laughs> as a Vim guy, I mean, the whole life is key bindings, and I, I don't take the time to learn the PHP Storm ones. Yeah. The the issue with some of the, the refactoring with like what you're doing is when you're using dynamic classes or you put the you're creating the class name and then newing it up so it doesn't know to change it there and that's where laravel from the four six days has really evolved uh there's a lot of places in the code that are still from the older laravel versions that reference classes by the string of the name of the class instead of calling the static class name off of it. And so, you know, if, if I were working on an older portion of the code, I'd have to worry a lot about that. Uh, is the service provider getting properly set and all that stuff? But in this case, almost everything I'm doing is being done dynamically. So it worked out really well. Good. Um, but like Eric said, he, he doesn't do the... Uh, Keybinds for PHP Storm, and that's because I know Eric is a Vim guy. I am a Vim guy. So I thought he makes it all the more awkward. I thought he'd be really excited for this new Chrome plugin called Vim. That, that plug, that plugin is not new. I've been using it for years. I have it on Chrome and Firefox. Of course. And, you, and you're gonna laugh, but it's very helpful. It's super helpful, man. It's a great plugin. 
Oh, no, it's, come it, at can't, me. it can't possibly be. It, it absolutely is. He, he, you he, see he the two keyboard. He, he sh- he's tried getting me to use it. I've tried it a couple times, and I just can't get my head around it. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, it's, it's probably, I'm sure it's experienced a lot, but I, I probably use it in a very limited manner. But yeah, I, I absolutely use it. So my little joke backfires. <laughs> I don't know why that would surprise you. I, you know level. what? It really it shouldn't anymore. <laughs> I mean, your hands are on the keyboard. I, I, I again, I, I, I think it's it really just shows the difference between a Vim user and a non-Vim user. For you, you always have one hand on the mouse, and it seems very natural. To when you go to a web web page to start scrolling with your mouse. For me, it's not. My hand's on the keyboard. When I get to a web page, I start scrolling with my mouse, with with my uh, keyboard. I I do you know finds. I you know, you hit O, it opens up the URL. You can type a new URL and <laughs> at me, man. See, and I can't I can't even use a BIOS without a mouse now. <laughs> When no, was the last time you dove into a BIOS? A uh, cu- couple days ago. So my, my son came home with his friends and a bunch of computer hardware, and one of his friends could not get his computer working. It would turn on, and everything would light up, and then it would turn off. Mm-hmm. Um, and it turns out that he's running a 500-watt a power supply and about 700 watts of LED lighting and liquid cooling on his machine. <laughs> So I, I had to explain to him that he needs to unplug his LED mouse pad and not use that for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I, you know, got into the BIOS to check out what his temps were and make sure everything was working okay. And five teenage boys are around me. And as soon as the BIOS pulls up, they just go, whoa. You're hacking my computer. Yeah. And, my, and my son behind them goes, see, I told you he's a god, man. <laughs> and I was like, listen, it's just pressing delete when the computer turns on. That's all I did so far. <laughs> oh, the old days. I want to shoot. I don't deal with that crap anymore. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't tell you last time I dove into a bio. It's been forever. Yeah, I'm going to show people, people on, on screen. How this I, was a uh, this was I a four thousand dollar PC that I was playing with. This is ridiculous. Oh wow! Our uh, I need to update DNS for PHP Ugly. Why is that? Um, apparently, apparently PHP Ugly is pointing to a server. Oh, maybe that's because I had. Oh, I bet you I have to. Uh... <laughs> I'll yeah, do it live. I bet you have to update the domain. Do it live! Pointing at Simplecast. Uh, is www.phpugly pointing at Simplecast? Because phpugly.com isn't. PHP, yeah, they both are. So, not for me. So Let's everybody who's watching DNS. the stream... Everybody, uh, I think it's the Google DNS. Everybody, everybody who's watching the stream, everything you've seen me do so far, I have, I have yet to touch, to touch my mouse. Everything is... Switching tabs, navigating, 
going you, to Google. You, all you, that. you have an Etsy I've host. All been keyboard binders. You must have an Etsy host. And still, entry. still only one hand on the keyboard. Don't ask why. <laughs> does it work for you? Yeah, it does. I got it, Thomas. Oh, okay. What's I uh, I told you guys last week about the the highly customized and personalized LinkedIn message that I got. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I I broke down and actually responded and had a, a conversation with them today. Whoa. And that well, was so. So re- remind remind me what was this uh, LinkedIn? Um, remind the listeners. Uh, the the position is for a do, 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 what did they call it? It was an architect, senior architect. Yeah, it was an architecture and and uh, primary. It, it was a lead boy. Yeah, it was. It's a lead position, and it's an interesting position um, because it's a it's not a management position. It's sort of a technologist position to be a yeah. thought to be a thought lead a thought leader and an ideas person be up on the latest technology and introducing it and telling people, Hey, this is the thing that we're going to lean towards. Mm. Um, and it's a, it's okay. a very, it's a very intimidating prospect. I was talking to my wife about it after the, the phone call and just sort of saying like, what well, it puts me in a position I haven't really been in outside of being one of the, the co hosts of SDPHP and, and the user group. Where it's like acting as that mentor position. And then I had the sudden realization, you know, I was, I was thinking to myself, I'm kind of too young for this, but I'm also 39, so I'm not as young as I thought I was. <laughs> and then had a, sort of, had a sort of existential crisis about that for a little bit. And my wife, my wife asked me, you know, why wouldn't you take the position if it was offered? And my only answer was that it's scary. It's it's a valid reason. Yeah, scary. That's well, not. I a, think it's scary. It's not though. a great reason. Yeah. But I mean, my my history is only with five companies in the last twenty years. So does your boss know that you went you you had a job interview, or are you just talking about this on a public podcast? We talked about yeah. it last week about it and saying it's why wouldn't you talk about it? Right. We were in the same position. And, uh, we knew somebody was looking. <laughs> and uh, they did tell me during the, uh, during the conversation today that they had caught up on a couple episodes of PHP Ugly and were very interested in, uh, in my opinion on things. <laughs> and my immediate thought was, oh, no, oh, no. <laughs> what did I say? Don't listen to the last episode. Yes, John, I know, and it does not make yes. life any easier. No, it doesn't. So I had to explain I had to explain that this is a satire podcast and I'm actually much smarter than I put on here. <laughs> I play a character, man. Yeah, it's it's a well defined character. Although he was extremely keep... impressed that we do uh, a weekly episode. <laughs> <laughs> if you come work for us, you won't have time for that. Well, that was one of their contingencies for the position was this kind of activity, this kind of community involvement and engagement and 
interest in learning in PHP. And I, I had told my wife a long time ago, you know, the community stuff that I do, I do it because I enjoy being with the community and doing it. But it, its value is also produced in where it leads my career later on in life, is mm-hmm. that being involved in the community is also a career component. Mm-hmm. It definitely is, yeah. And she was looking at me like, like, yeah, but you're saying you might not want the job. And I'm like, shut up. I'm nervous. I'm scared. <laughs> no, change is, change is hard. It's very, yeah, very intimidating. And you're going to be in a position where you have to go to conferences. Sorry, buddy, but you have to go. There you go. You have to interact with people. Get out of your bubble. They definitely definitely weren't lying when they said they pay uh, at or above market rate. Oh, so do I think there's an interest? Absolutely. You know, I I think Hmm. he, he asked me why I was interested, and I explained how in smaller shops there is a ceiling. There is a... Uh, financial ceiling as well as a position, a title ceiling. Mm-hmm. And and that in order to, to really improve your lot in life you in small to, shops, you have, you have to, to move take to another somebody. small shop. Right. Well, you, you're either hoping somebody dies or you're hoping that you get some a position at a new location. And I don't think it's a... Well, not hoping someone dies... <laughs> Just like fingers crossed. I was like, hey, Jose, you've been riding that motorcycle? No, you really should ride it more frequently. Matter of fact, I wouldn't yeah. even wear the helmet. I just, don't, I just go all out. You know, in Colorado Springs, they don't even wear helmets. And don't let a broken leg stop you. <laughs> yeah, so, like, I think it's, I think it would be dumb of me to not entertain the idea because... I'm at another plateau where I'm at, and the only way to continue on with my career is either accept my plateau as the last one I'm at, or move mm. up another level. You know, well, so it's a lot of people in our industry believe in moving every two years to keep that. That's move, crazy. That, that momentum. I I tend to agree. I'm a more of a long term type person, but. That is the thing. I I understand that it's a thing, but, uh, you know, so much of the conversation revolved around industry knowledge Mm. and how, as a programmer, you come into a situation situation where you don't have industry knowledge and you need to gain that, that business logic that's specific to that industry. And that can take way more than two years. Mm -hmm. You can, you know... Uh, that's why every developer looks back on code from two years ago and says, God, I was, I was so dumb back then. It's because you, you, you're always years, advancing that knowledge. Yeah. yeah. I was refactoring today. I'm like, what the hell is I thinking when I wrote this? <laughs> Yesterday. <Amateur. laughs> he, he was thinking, whiskey, good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, since you haven't left your, your old place yet, how have you come on the, uh, what is it, server sent events? So, after the episode, I wasn't going to work on it anymore. After the episode last week, I wasn't going to work on it anymore. And then we ended up working on it for a little while. And I couldn't let it go. So I sat back down, and I got it working, and I figured out what I didn't understand about PSR4 Mm -hmm. because it's never worded very well. 
But in PSR4, when you define your source directory, it is an alias for the vendor name of the project. And from there, you define, from there out, you define the project name. And so it, it really was a file system issue. Hmm. Um, if I had used PSR0, wouldn't have been a file system issue because PSR0 just trusts the code knows where it is and it reads the whole directory structure. Mm-hmm. Um, so you got your package working? I got it working. I actually got it outputting uh, a stream of events to the client saying an event hasn't occurred or an event has occurred. Um, but then the next day I was told, hey, we're not looking at doing this project anymore right now, so hold off on anything you're doing for that. And I was perfectly happy with the fact that I got it to work. <laughs> but I probably will go in and finish it tomorrow. Are you going to release the code? Of course. <laughs> You gonna release it under the new tree license? What license? Yeah, I into that. What? What is it? There's a there's the new new tree license out there now. What the hell are you talking Whatever about? It? It's like the it's it's like the postcard license, but instead of promising to send a postcard, you're you're paying to have a tree planted. Did you not uh, see this? I have not seen. Oh, this. I gotta find it for you now. No. Shoot. Where did I see this at? Uh, you know who who came up with it was Phil Sturgeon. Uh, I'm look I'm looking for it now. I'm looking. I don't know where I'm going to find this at. Oh, here it is. Treeware. It's called the Treeware license. Here, I'll throw it in the I'll throw it in the Slack for you, and then I'll I'll uh, share this with uh with uh, the, the 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 streaming crowd who who actually watch our show. I'll uh, oh so if they use my software, they are obligating themselves to plant a tree. Yes. Yes, exactly. Uh, Phil Sturgeons and uh, James Mills uh, came up with it. And I don't know if you're, you're aware, but Phil Sturgeons has been doing this crazy bike tour all over Europe, uh, raising money to plant trees. And then uh, the Laravel community also had a... Um, an initiative to plant trees. I forget what that one was called exactly, but uh, but yeah, there's a whole there's a whole you know, tree license now that you can um, it, you can make it as part of your it's a, as part of your open source software. It looks like it's a subset of our superset of MITs. I don't know how that works. Right, it's the MIT license, and you yeah, add sure add a piece to it. Well, this isn't mm-hmm. too new of a concept. Uh, in the seventies, there was uh, there was uh, some shareware that was under the kindness license. That I remember that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you you just had to do something good for someone else, and that was the license. Hmm. Yeah. Cool those stuff, man. So there, you, those you gray hairs. You can release it under. Those gray hairs from the seventies were really, really hippies. <laughs> oh, I guess I should stop sharing my screen. So, treeware.earth, if you want all the information on it. Can I get, yes, a, can I get a printed copy Earth. of that Thank website? <laughs> <laughs> Such an evil person. You're just evil to the core. How long is Amazing. the license? 
like printed. <laughs> You're just mean. I just want, I'm just curious. Wow, there's a bunch of people using, this would drive me nuts if I found out that I was using like 30 tree licenses and didn't know it. Are you, hey, are you saying you don't you, read your you licenses? What? You had something on the Trello board last week that I don't know if we ever got to or not. It's sitting here in show topics. It's our pledge to open source from PHP Storm blog. Oh, that was when we were talking about PHP Storm paying uh, Derek Reathens for extra oh, bud. gotcha. It just never moved. I don't think that made it in the sh show notes. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll put it in this week's show notes. Yeah. So I'm, I'm getting some flack in our Discord. Uh, surprise, Oscar surprise. Does Eric, does Eric know that twit.tv that Leo Laporte does is not Twitch, as he keeps calling it in a recent episode? Um, okay. Yes, I do know there is a difference. Uh, I, I apologize if I was calling it Twitch. It was twit.tv. It's funny, because if I remember correctly, when he started that, Either Twitch or Twitter, one of those two, were starting up at the same time, and and there was all there there was a, I felt like there was a name conflict with with that and his show. Um, I think it was Twitter at the time because his is. Uh, Twitter was uh, before Twitter. the dot TV domain. Huh. Yeah. Maybe it was Twitch then. I don't. I don't, I don't remember. But yeah, I guess I was calling it. I guess I was calling his his network twitch last week it it wasn't it's twit twit.tv which you know, i still haven't watched again <laughs> do you remember do you remember that time where leo laporte had a a nudie picture of his wife on his watch no what what <laughs> you guys didn't hear about that no no i was right when the apple watch came out and he was doing a he was doing a video presentation thing, and for some reason, as he was scrolling through his watch, there was a picture of his wife on there. <laughs> That's embarrassing. You know, when when you live with this technology day and night, stuff like that's kind of it's kind of happen here. You know. Well, there, Mister Doom and Gloom, slow down. <laughs> Speaking hey, of, do you guys follow the uh, Iowa caucuses at all? Oh, oh man! Yeah. I mean, listen, we don't like to talk about politics, but this hit way too close to home. Yeah, this this isn't even politics. <laughs> this is just bizarro. Oh my gosh! And the 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 development group who created the software. Uh, their name is just being dragged through the mud like crazy. Shadow Inc. Uh, Shadow Inc. Why Which would is you? Funny because you know John and I talk about it all the time about how Diego Dev is not a good, from a marketing perspective, not a good name for code development. Nobody sure understands. Nope. Nobody understands <laughs> who we are, what we are. Yeah, I agree. You know. 
we, we we've talked about coming up with new names, maybe keeping like Diego Dev as like the parent company name and coming up with no other names for for uh their coding. And like I see stuff like this and it makes me want to do that more. Like I wanna if I had to disconnect my association with a name, I wanna be able to do it fairly quickly and not have to get too impacted. Uh yeah, this I do you want to, you you started on it, Thomas? I'm stepping all over your story. You want to talk <laughs> well, about what happened? I I'm not even a hundred percent clear on what happened, but uh, I know that there were DNS issues plaguing the whole system, and then the two factor authentication component completely went down. Well, and, explain what it was supposed to do at first, because we have people who are listening from other countries who might not understand. Well, so here's how a caucus works: is you get a hundred people in a room or whatever number, and you say each corner of the room represents one candidate, go to the corner of the room that represents your candidate and wait to be counted. And you can go back and forth across the room to people and say, listen, I know that you're supporting this guy right now. We're over here. We're just trying to get X percent of people. Your, your vote for him right now is not going to carry him. It's just going to help us out if you come over or... Uh, hey, I understand. Did you know this about your candidate, though? You really should look into it, mm-hmm. which is a thing that did so, happen after a woman voted. <laughs> so, if 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 you didn't if you didn't realize, this is all part of the election process here in the U.S. So, yes, the, for the Democrats who don't, the current president is a Republican. The Democrats, they have a bunch of candidates that they're going to who can potentially run for president. So. Part of the process of limiting down what candidate they're going to have as run for pro- uh, president are these caucuses, where they they're kind of like mock elections within the Democratic Party. Right. So everybody kind of goes through this process. In, in, in the past, it had been this physical, like Thomas was mentioning, this physical counting of heads, but not this year. Well, and it still is a physical counting of heads. The I st- I can't figure out why an app was introduced into this process because well, I think I think the app was that like you said people could just go on and, and and vote like it was a voting it was a voting system but you still had but, to attend the thing physically you still had to do all of the the normal caucus stuff of of hearing out speeches from the other sides of the room you still had to do all of that other yeah. stuff um yeah it, 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 it's an example of where they just introduced technology where probably technology wasn't needed. And where but, everyone who's involved in the technology said, don't do this. Don't, don't software so elect what this. Had, what had happened, for, for those who might not have heard the story, is that the, this software, instead of doing this physical headcount process that, they, that has always happened in the past, they introduced this software layer from this company called shadow Inc. and they just wrote this application it was a, it was a mo- it was a simple little mobile app i'm sure there was a probably a, a web page interface to it or something but but it went horribly wrong from the biggest thing i saw was just seek it was just dumping out sequel <laughs> sequel statements it was like oh, really? there's an error in your sequel yeah i the, it, like three or four different significant failures Wow. Um, <laughs> and uh, Vice released the APK file as well. So if you've got an Android phone or 
a debugging suite, you can actually take apart the app and read the source code for it. <laughs> Which is another reason why we don't do this. So, yeah, the whole thing, total, total clusterfuck. Anyone could have seen, anyone in the tech industry could have seen that this was going to happen. And then there's the New Hampshire primaries happening next week who are also supposed to be using the Shadow Inc. app. And they looked at oh, what happened. Oh, I didn't hear this. Yeah, they looked at what happened at the Iowa caucuses and said, oh, no, we are backing out of that. We're going to use paper. <laughs> how, how, did, how did they land that contract? Man, that the, is crazy. The complicated nature of elections in America and election funding in America is so unbelievable. Um there's an episode of Last Week Tonight by John Oliver that covers how election funding on a state-by-state basis works and why electronic voting and software-based voting is just the worst thing you can do and why it's so different from one state to the next. Um, it's, it's a ridiculously complicated process, and each state is essentially completely left on their own on what they want to do, how they want to collect the data, all that stuff. There's almost no federal guidelines for any of this. So they just get a chunk of money and they're told, yeah, implement a solution. <laughs> and that's, this is what happens. But, but I mean, was there no testing? I mean, like some of this stuff just, it, it, it wasn't even load. It was just like broken. It seemed to be just broken. Uh, the response, the official response from Shadow Inc. is uh, we will apply the lessons learned in the future and have already corrected the underlying technology issue. We take these issues very seriously and are committed make, make, make to improving this, and evolving to support the Democratic Party's goal of modernizing its election process. <laughs> so they, they said, oops. We should, I think you should look into their bank account. Did they get any deposits from the Republican Party? <laughs> Or Russia, for that matter. <laughs> you heard it here first. We broke the story. Yeah, I. the The thing is, you look up the CEO or whoever and figure out who they know, and I'm sure they end up knowing somebody. Oh wow, the guy's from Denver. <laughs> <laughs> hey, wait! I know that guy. <laughs> He's clearly a couple of years younger than I am. Uh. That is. Oh, wow. Oh, he was at... Oh, no, that's not what I was thinking. Oh, he was at Hillary for America for a year. You looking at his LinkedIn profile? I I am, honestly. (laughs) Yeah, that's... uh... This this is riveting uh, riveting podcast. That's a rough one. Podcasting, yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, I, I did. I did see that story. That's a that's a rough. That is so tough. <laughs> we. Uh, yeah. I mean, imagine the it's... stress of being that guy, though. That is. Oh, I I couldn't. I couldn't. I uh, the moment I saw the story breaking, I'm like, somebody's having a really really bad week now. I mean, it's just like this is not going to end well for, for you know, a couple owners of a company. Well, and yeah, you know that he know. was there. He was probably there dressed in casuals and just blending in with everybody to try and monitor the situation. Because mm. I've, 
my CEO has done that in the past at, at previous companies where they did big fairground events and just all he did was just sort of watch over people's shoulders and make sure it was working. Mm. That's, that's a run from the burning building situation. The recovery, just, I can't imagine that. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, so I'm checking, the, I'm checking out their website, Shadow Inc.'s website, and there's a... Uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and share this with the st- stream, so if you're, if you're watching. There's a big, uh, you know, we sincerely regret the delay in the reporting <laughs> of the results of last night's Iowa caucus. <laughs> and the uncertainty <laughs> it has caused. I'm sorry we screwed up the American electoral system. I promise not to do it again next time. Oh, jeez. Oh, I mean, that's got to be a rough thing to have to put on your website. You don't You don't want to do that. Well, Our and... mission is to build political power for the progressive movement by developing affordable and easy-to-use tools for teams and budgets of any size. And Trump basically tweeted out, ha, 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 when it happened, too. I hate that guy. Yeah. We're not talking politics, so yeah, that, that's a rough one, man. What's that? I said we're not talking politics, though, right? <laughs> nope. Right. I can hate him Absolutely. personally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we are campaign and technology veterans who have built and implemented technology for Hillary for America, Obama for America, Google, give Apple. Well, I mean, they have. I mean, they they have a background. So this wasn't like just some somebody's kid that said, oh, yeah, Dad, I can build that for you guys. It mostly wasn't that. They've been, I mean, they've been, they've been in the business for a while, and specifically politics, it looks like, so. Yeah. Moving away. That's a tough one. Yeah, let's move on. Awesome new RFC coming through for PHP, if you guys want to do any PHP talk. Let's talk PHP. What's coming in? The pipe operator. Do you guys know the pipe operator? I feel like we've talked about this. Haven't we talked about this? Uh, The RFC date is 2016, so possibly. I'm pulling it up to share with the stream. Which is why I'm not talking right now, sorry. So the pipe operator... Uh, common PHP OOP pattern. Um, Why is this? Hold on. This doesn't a... make sense. This is on my list, but it's ancient. No, well, it was. Is this because of yeah, this... No, it was proposed a long time ago, but there is a. It may. Are they going to be taking a vote on it? Maybe. I don't know. I haven't heard about it. Well, this is funny. This is what you use in frameworks today, so. For example, the following shows a SQL query expression built out of component proposed pieces. Proposed for seven two. Let me find yeah, out. Yeah, I'm not sure this is relevant. How did we get here? Last last modified <laughs> last modified twenty seventeen. So I'm gonna say no. It showed up in the internals discussion. What's that? What's that? The externals? Is that what? Yeah, externals.io. I haven't. I haven't been here forever. 
Uh, operator overloading for. Well, there's lots of stuff in here now. Yeah. Well, moving on from that, let's talk about PHP 8. All right. PHP 8. Um, what do you know? As we're briskly moving along, there are a number of new RFCs that have been accepted for PHP 8. Um, it's not a complete list yet, but it's moving along briskly. Uh, a lot of these are going to be backwards compatibility breaking. So that's fine. It's a new version. So mm -hmm. uh, the first one is union types. Uh, right now, if you have a strongly typed parameter to a method or a function, it can be one type. It can be a string or an array or a Boolean, but it can't be both a string and a Boolean mm -hmm. or a string or a Boolean. Uh, union types allow accepting and returning of multiple types on a single variable. Yeah, I wasn't a fan of this, but I guess I guess I'm in the minority on it. I, uh, turns out a lot of people are really thinking this is going to be a good thing. I think the place where it's going to be the best is nullable types. So a mm -hmm. variable can be defined as a string or null. Mm -hmm. I think, I we'll think see that was that the lot. example that that gets used a lot, yeah. Um the other place this comes in is also the next RFC, which is the just-in-time compiler. Uh, if you know about how just-in-time compilers work, the stronger your code is typed, the faster the compiler runs. Mm -hmm. So the just-in-time compiler will say, take a chunk of code, and if it's strongly typed, then compile it down and always reference the compiled version of the code. If it's weakly typed, then it will compile a version of the code for whatever type is passed in the first time. And mm -hmm. then if a different type of variable is passed in, it will compile a different version and use that different version. So if you accept a string and a Boolean, or if you don't care what you accept, then the just-in-time compiler is going to have to check what you passed in first and then make sure that it has a compiled version of that and then call the compiled version. Whereas if you have a strongly typed system, it doesn't check what you've passed in first. It just assumes that the exception is going to catch it and that the <laughs> compiler doesn't have to worry about it. So the more strongly typed you are, the better off you are in performance with JIT compilers. Uh, the next thing. Static return types. Uh, you can already return self in a class, but you cannot return static. Hmm. Now with PHP 8, you can return a static call to the current class. Uh, this is the, the next one is the big one that I don't really understand yet called weak maps. Do you guys have any Not a clear. familiarity with this? I can't think what this? that would be. What, what would a weak map be? What's an example of a weak map? A weak map holds references to objects which don't prevent those objects from being garbage collected. Huh? Uh, yeah, so... <laughs> There, the example they give here is in caching, where if you're caching records, 
and there are no pointers other than the cash at the record, then the garbage collection process will still leave it there because there's the cash pointer pointing at the object. With a weak map, you're basically saying, garbage collect this if you need to. This pointer doesn't count as one towards the garbage collection process. Mm. Um, I think that this is going to come up in long running processes, uh, running a, sta a, a constantly running static server, something like that. I've seen a lot of people super duper excited about it, but I don't quite understand it yet. So I'll, I'll have to do some research on that one. Uh, statically calling class on an object. Right now, if you have a class and you statically call the uh, property class, it will give you the, the fully qualified name for it. But if you have an object, you can't statically call the class property of that object. Now you can in PHP 8. I just recently learned that you could call static methods on an object, not just on the class name. I saw that. You brought that up in the Slack. Yeah. Very useful for testing. And useful for um, immutable data, too. Uh, you can now create date-time objects from an interface. I don't, that's not really a big thing for me, but it has a lot to do with immutable dates. Uh, fdiv, <laughs> which is a new function that allows you to divide by zero. Oh, thank God. <laughs> yeah. So the rules of the universe no longer apply. Uh, <laughs> it's just a, it's just a, a math safe way of doing division where it, instead of throwing an error, it throws uh, the constant INF uh, negative INF or NAN. Mm. Uh, let's see. Let's just jump down to breaking changes. What's breaking? Constant type errors. Did you read that right? You want, uh, you want to try that one again? Consistent type errors. <laughs> Sorry. Small consistency problem. <laughs> are you guys looking? Are, what are you guys? Are you guys looking at something? Yes. I'm over here watching YouTube videos. What are you guys looking at? Stitcher.io. We're looking at the stitcher.io slash blog slash new in PHP 8. Got it. I guess I could have uh, I could have been doing that this whole time. Sorry, uh, guys. Sorry, stream. Cat videos the, are their uh, own drug. The, the few of you who are watching, I could have been streaming that. All right, go ahead. Keep talking about it now. Uh, the... Internal functions will now be throwing type errors uh, rather than warnings. Uh, a lot of reclassification of engine level warnings. Uh, the default error reporting level is now E all instead of E all except notice and deprecated. So deprecated errors will show up now in a default install. Good. Should. The, this one's a big one. 
the at operator will no longer silence fatal errors. So if you've got old code that you got working by just telling it to shut up, it won't shut up anymore. <laughs> uh, an interesting change one. that is going to cause Y2K levels of panic is concatenation precedence. Uh, See, I don't know. Already deprecated in 7.4. This change is now taken into effect. What's this do? So if you're combining the period and the plus concatenating operators mm -hmm. before ph yeah before php eight oh that's interesting yeah before php eight it would read it in order of occurrence left to right now mm -hmm. in php eight it will prioritize addition or the plus character as a concatenation operation first, and then it will process period-based concatenation. But it wasn't necessarily concatenation. Their example is A and yeah. B, which are probably numbers. Right. Mm -hmm. Operations, yeah. Uh, so this is one of those breaking changes that could be like the error that occurs one out of every 100,000 records and you have no idea why. And I'm sure this one's just going to be a total nightmare for some people. Well, who does that? Yeah. I've never, I've never seen these, that like, where you do concatenation and addition in a string. Who does that? Yeah, right? <laughs> I know. Next one. Do you really do it? <laughs> I'm sure, but, but I, I'm just, sure it, I do it in data tables all the time. I'm sure I would have too, but it says PHP would have previously interpreted this like this, and then it does the sum and then A plus B. I mean, wouldn't that wouldn't that give you the same result though? No, because it's it would echo out sum two, and then it would add three, so it'd be sum twenty three instead of sum five. If A was two and B was three. Oh wow. Is that how that would so work? So now, now, now it would be correct. It would be sum 5. But if you weren't working with numbers, if you were doing something different, it could lead to different results. That is insane. That's insane. It, so if you're, dealing, yeah. if you're dealing with pure strings, it's probably no change. But if you have numbers in there, it's going to mess it up. I'm actually, I'm actually testing this right now. Let me see. So, if I did this. so according yeah. to according to Nikita Popov, uh, the impact to existing open source code is de facto invisible because all found occurrences are actual bugs. That's, I mean, they're not wrong, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> it seems like that would be correct. <laughs> he's, he's got us there. I don't know how to fight that one. Uh, reflection method insane. signature changes. That's not going to be an issue for us. That's going to be an issue for framework developers, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. You don't, you um, don't use reflection? I don't with you. Move on. I, Do move you? On. Yeah. I grew up not enjoying reflections. <laughs> how, how do you use them, John? Yeah, I'm curious about this. I don't know. I know we, I know we use it somewhere. I, I'll have to find examples of it. Oh. Hmm. 
Well, I know I know Laravel uses reflection for class mapping and and service providers and stuff like that. The the app object is all is an all reflection object. I apologize to the stream. Uh, board one twelve thirty just reminded me. Whenever I share my screen, we get an echo on the stream, and I don't know why that is. And I haven't had a chance to look at it, so apologize. I've been doing a lot of sharing, and uh, I, I'll stop. I, I realize that now. Sorry. And then finally. Uh, deprecations in seven two, seven three, and seven four have all been finalized in eight. Cool. Uh, I believe the biggest deprecation is steadily moving forward. Here is empty or count. I think count was had a weird deprecation to it or something. So yeah, moving towards eight. Excited that uh, just in time compiler is going to be a real, real nice one. Uh, See, I don't know. I've I've been seeing stuff on Twitter about it not really being all that, and actually, five percent is five yeah, percent. Well, not even five percent. Five percent is that what you said? Something about the complexity. I, I can't. I can't remember what I saw there. Dang it! If only I knew how to Twitter better and share show notes better. Well. Yeah, they were talking about it at World too. I mean, it, it seems to be kind of torn whether or not. For the average average PHP developer, this is going to be a, a benefit, a real big benefit. We'll see. But, <clears throat> yep. Well, would rather have it and not, not use it than need it and not have it. But rather have it and not need it than need it and not have it. I think what I saw was something about the complexity it adds isn't worth it. But anyway, I don't know enough about it, so I'm going to stop that, talking. Okay, so there was there was a conversation on internals from Nikita uh, that basically said doing JIT is going to require a massive amount of development for a minimal amount of gain, and that I believe he said he wasn't willing to work on it, but anyone who wanted to push PRs for it could. And that's where it got picked up by other people in the community and is now being handled by them. Yeah, like I said, we had this conversation at World, and I think it was a much bigger deal before the speed improvements came to PHP as just a general rule of thumb. I think everybody saw it as the next big speed jump for PHP. And now that it's little uh, did we know that we had a leaky gasket in the header. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much exactly the problem. So let's turbocharge so yeah, this baby. <laughs> so yeah, I think it, it it lost some of its uh, shine when when that happened. All right. Well, I don't know, man. I think that was a good show. That's my that's my news. All except for the uh, opening. The opening was a little atrocious. Listen, <laughs> you know, don't don't be don't be don't not, be open shaming me, not, man. It wasn't your fault. Somebody somebody decided to stop you <laughs> midstream. I'll blame that person. I hate, I hate it when that happens, man. 
<laughs> hey, somebody else wanted to talk about something last week that didn't get brought up this week. What's that? The Google Remote Desktop. Yes, I forgot to mention. I we, was talking about working. We didn't with, talk about that after the show. We, we did. talked about it after the episode. Uh, I forgot to mention that in uh, supporting, in attempting to support my mother's computer, which hadn't been updated from Ubuntu like one point something in a long time, uh, I found that the best remote administration software I could find and guide my, my mom through over the phone was a Google product. Um, it was... RemoteDesktop.google.com Yeah, RemoteDesktop.google.com uh, Installs initially as a Chrome plugin and then identifies your OS and has you just install an executable, gives you a support number, and you just give the support number to your tech-savvy son or son-in-law, and that's it. It was it Correct. worked out really Correction, nice. Thomas, it, it installs as a plugin in Chrome and Firefox, and maybe huh. even Safari. Impressive. Yeah. Yeah. I did have one last thing. Okay. Did you guys watch the video I posted about sushi? No. I did. So the the, the package? Yes. So sushi is a package that adds an array type driver to Eloquent. But somebody realized that because of how sushi works, you can populate that array at runtime from an API call. Which and is pretty cool. It is like a two-minute video, and I think probably a minute 30 of it is just saying how cool it is, and 30 <laughs> seconds of it is showing you how to implement it, and it's like crazy, crazy easy, mm-hmm. and really opens up an interesting endpoint <clears throat> possibility for APIs. Well, we, I mean, we're talking about performance. This, this this won't be great for performance, that's for sure. No, because it it loads the total data set and then executes collection methods over it. I believe. You know, it makes an HTTP. And what they're doing in the video, it makes an HTTP request to load the entire data set. So right, I mean, that that whole process is slow. So when they, when they were talking. When they were initially talking about this, and they were showing putting a like a, putting arrays directly into models, I I wasn't that impressed with that. It's like okay, that seems like a you know an well, that's just I mean, a collection, could, right? I mean, I I was thinking okay, I could see using this for like instead of having a types table in your database, you have a types model that you populate and you don't have to worry about, you know, maintaining another database table. And uh, yeah, I could, I could see some use cases for it, but I wasn't all that impressed by it. But But, uh, it sounds like this could be an easy replacement for like, what isn't CouchDB all HTTP REST APIs. So you can easily build mm -hmm. out your, your models using like using that instead. I'd have to. I'd have to look. That sounds like a doable thing. That's a really good point. 
Uh, one I, other thing I, from the video I mean, is... It's, it's, it's almost like a driver. It would almost be like a driver for Couch TV. You're absolutely correct. I'm yeah, going to I'm gonna have to look at that. You'd have to tweak it a little, but... Oh. I don't think so, because you're still... You're still you're still defining the the endpoint, the the uh, the URL, which is all couches. Couch is just a bunch of HTTP URLs, and then you're doing gets and puts and. What if I mean I, I'm assuming this does puts. Man, that would. Damn, I mean, that's actually pretty cool. I I think I'm gonna try that tomorrow. I'm sure there's already a, couch, driver, but. But if you had like just one set of well, he also uses if you only have one set of data over there, but you use MySQL for everything else, maybe it makes it easier that way. Mm. <laughs> or lots. He's also using this ZTTP, which I don't know. That's what, what I was going to say. So the ZTTP thing is one of the other things that really impressed me, which is like a really simple wrapper for Guzzle that you don't have to worry about all of the stupid PSR 7 definitions for Guzzle for? Mm, really? Yeah, I'm looking at it now. ZTTP. Wow. Where's where's this been? I don't know, but I just saw it in this video, and I'm like, oh, I have to start using that now instead of Guzzle or Curl or anything else because it's just a straight-up object-oriented HTTP caller. Yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm refactoring... Something that's that's all it's doing is calling API endpoints at third parties, and maybe I'll look at. Uh, you really have that much trouble with Guzzle? slapping this in there. Look at what ZTTP does because it's like so easy. It's pretty clean. It's really easy to read too. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm wondering if it, how it handles like bear tokens and stuff like that. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think I think you're right, Thomas. I think it's super s- simple for this very super easy calls, but it probably starts to break down when you start to do more complex API sort of endpoints where you have bear tokens and bear tokens. Yeah, yeah. is that what they're called? Yep. Bear. Yep. I I must know this is some other under some other name. It's up. It's it's I'm header like, off it No, you're right. It's header authentication. It's O okay. OAuth two. OAuth two yeah. bearer token. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't look like it's uh, does a lot for OAuth. Yeah, but. yeah. I think I think, but I think you're right, Thomas. I think for like the simple stuff, it's it's probably it's probably worth looking at. But. Yeah, once you start to get a little bit more complex, there's not a whole lot of. Do- I mean, there's no document, at least on on the GitHub repo. There's no documentation for it. I think what looks like no documentation is actually the complete documentation. <laughs> <laughs> you think that's that's it? Huh? Yeah, maybe, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, it's cool. I'll have to I'll have to give that one a look. That's one of those good to know ones. I guess I. That one slipped by me. I didn't see that. Oh, geez. It's been around for a while. There's a Laravel News article on this back in May of 2017. And it's the exact same documentation, so it hasn't changed much. <laughs> so, so, Tom, so, Thomas, yeah. the next step for your interview is instead of having to talk to anybody, you just say, listen to this episode. Look at you being all sorts I'm of gonna, resourceful. I- 
I'm going to keep them away from listening to to this show as much as possible. I think. What? Come on, you'd be a lock. <laughs> be locked. Come I've on. become more active on Twitter. Uh, yeah, I've seen that. You're, you're even talking to people in the Laravel community. I saw you uh, exchanging some back and forth with Matt there. Yeah. I just. I, yeah, just I don't start, know what's. Uh, I, I don't know what's gotten you. into me. <laughs> I mean, again, I recommend against it. Oh, I see. I see. I logged into Facebook today. Facebook has a new interface. It has a whole dark theme to it now. What? You you, you guys are Facebook users. You didn't even bring this up. I thought this was, was like a big deal. A dark I theme. haven't seen this. I think you're getting experimented on. Oh, am I? Yeah, I well, I'd be a terrible person to experiment on because I never go to Facebook. I have not. Yeah, my that. mine looks completely different. I'll send you guys a screenshot. I got I got a dark. I have a choice between a dark theme and a, and a you know a light theme, and everything is nice and rounded edges. And I do not have that at all either. Oh, I'll send you. I'll send you a, a screenshot here. Let me uh, get that going. Yeah, screenshot me your your empty feed. It is pretty empty, actually. <laughs> Although, you know, I'll tell you this. Occasionally, I'll pull up Facebook, and it'll just say, hey, you should add friends because you have nothing here to show. <laughs> and it, that's, yeah, that's, happened for, that's happened for a couple months now. Yeah, I have no friends. I, I, don't, I don't do Facebook. No, I, I, do I have that, friends. So. It's just every once in a while when I load Facebook, it loses all of my Facebook wall data. It just doesn't know how to get it. I don't, know where that, I don't know where that screenshot just went. I'm trying to sell my uh, 3D printer on Facebook. Oh, yeah, I meant to bring that up. What's going oh. on there? Uh, I had a guy ask on Monday if it was still available. And I said yes. And then... Uh, why, why are you selling it? I don't use it. Oh. And I needed the space. And the money. So Wednesday, he says, he hasn't said anything for two days or three days straight. Wednesday night, I say, are you still interested? And he responds immediately, yes, very much. (laughs) And uh, it's almost Friday. (laughs) (laughs) What is this? You are, you are, congratulations, you are an experimental Facebook user. Where do you see that at? No, he's just saying you have a different Facebook than us. He's just saying it to you. Oh, I, th- <laughs> I thought you saw it on the page somewhere. No, Facebook is known for rolling out theoretical changes uh, to small groups of people. Mm. So this isn't this isn't I, too unexpected or surprising. For I me. thought the little ad up in the right hand corner was interesting. It's like, hey, yeah, I'm in, I, I'm actually interested in Neo4j. It's been a long time since me I looked too. into it, but. Yeah, I'm I'm surprised that this popped up. I can't I can't tell what this tab is. Context. It's P O R What is that tab? What do you see? What? Nothing. P O R This is foreign. What are you talking about? Is that my website? What are you looking at, man? He doesn't he's messing with me. Oh well. Alright, are we done now? Are you are you yes. done? Uh Clearly, we're all getting too tired. Clearly. We're tired. We're tired.
keep it ugly. Oh, was that too early? <laughs> Alright, that's it. That's it for episode 177 of PHP Ugly. I'm Eric Ann Johnson. I'm John Cargan. I'm Tom Radout. Hey, hey. Keep it ugly. Keep it ugly. Keep it ugly. Thanks for listening to this episode of PHP Ugly, and thanks to our sponsors, the Diego Dev Group. If you're looking for developers who care about the code they create, the communities they build, and the solutions they implement, then reach out to the Diego Dev Group. You can find the Diego Dev Group at www.diegodev.com. That's www.diegodev.com. Show notes and RSS feeds can be found at www.phpugly.com. Follow PHP Ugly on Twitter at PHP Ugly or join us in our Discord channel. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or in your favorite podcast listener. A rating of five stars is always appreciated. Until next time, keep it ugly.